0: This podcast is proudly sponsored by Surf Prep Sanding. They're a family-owned and operated company specializing in sanders, abrasives, and dust extractors. I've been using Surf Prep now for years and have come to know the amazing people behind their brand. I love their 6-inch electric random orbital sander and the 3x4 sander the best. The 3x4 is awesome for contour sanding and has by far helped me level up my sanding to get a great finish for all my projects. Use code MakerLounge, all one word, at checkout from surfprepsanding.com for 10% off your order. Now let's get to the show thank you to surf prep and our patrons for sponsoring this episode as always i'll give a shout out to our top tier patrons at the end of the episode we have a couple of new patrons this week grant with at dadcrafted and ty with at shock the fox if you want to be part of our maker lounge podcast community head over to patreon.com slash maker podcast Welcome to The Lounge. I'm Matt with Boltner Woodworking and your host of The Maker Lounge Podcast, where every Friday we have a rotating group of makers hanging out and talking shop with each other. He needs no introduction, but here we go. <laughs> Today's guest is usually the host of his own well-established podcast, and yet he agreed to be on this Mere Mortals podcast. His main YouTube channel is geared for the average woodworker like me, which is why it's grown to almost 2 million subscribers. The man behind woodworking for mere mortals, the WTS podcast, and the Weekend Woodworker is here in the lounge, Mister Steve Ramsey.
1: Wow, thank you for, that. for thank you for that for introduction.
0: That is fantastic,
1: man. You've got it going on. You've got the music <laughs> going. You've got you're like a, a, at a control panel there. You got everything going. I do my podcast. I'm lucky if I could just I'm lucky if I could just speak on my podcast. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, there's there's lots of uh, we talked a little bit the, the pre show. Lots of ums and ahs that have to be edited out.
1: <laughs> I'll make sure I make extra ums and ahs. I don't know <laughs> if I told you this when we were at WorkbenchCon, I, I had a guest on my show, and I guess he must heavily edit his videos, and I, I don't want to say who he was. He's not in the woodworking or maker space. He's in the art space. And okay. when I was uh, talking to him on my show, after every sentence, he would go, <gasps> he would take this horrible bit. It was like a... Oh, wow. It was like this real... He was like filled with spit or something. And it was like, <laughs> oh my God. It took me hours to edit that that audio.
0: Wow. Somebody recently told me about uh, Descript. Um, we were talking about Descript. Actually, it was, uh, it was Adam of all trades. Just had him on the podcast. And uh, he was saying something about Descript and how it has an um and all filter in there. I don't know what Descript is. So apparently you can take the you know we record in, in Riverside and you can download at just like you download for, for premiere you can download into Descript or like mm. some sort of thing and it's and it will edit the ums and ahs out and it's like uh it's like an editing thing.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I could sure use that. Yeah. I,
1: I use like <laughs> Adobe Audition and just kind of go through it. I actually enjoy editing audio a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a whole different way of looking at editing than video editing
0: yeah you watch do you when you do it are you watching it or are you more listening when i'm editing podcast? video yeah
1: yeah i'm looking at that audio track those waveforms and it can know exactly when to cut that you know when there's a sound stops and yeah it's very important i think
0: yeah yeah i've had a i have had a few uh i guess there was a lot of delays that had to be edited out you know because <laughs> it doesn't make for great <laughs> podcast listening yeah it's like me
1: when I'm trying to shoot a, a, a story on Instagram or something like the first second is me just going oh okay here we are
0: <laughs> how many takes do you do when you do do Instagram uh, stories well I'm trying to not do
1: I mean, it used to be I would do more and more takes because I think oh it doesn't look right it doesn't like nobody's gonna be looking at this stuff what do I care and so <laughs> I just try to I don't do a whole lot of Instagram I'm just I'm the worst Instagrammer ever i mean well, you're I, crushing I, it on youtube
0: though so well yeah
1: <laughs> i always tell myself i'm gonna do more instagram i'm like i gotta do that i gotta get a schedule and all this stuff and then i look and like the last post was like a month ago or something i'm like oh, yeah it's just it's too much it's exhausting
0: yeah i i've recently switched uh from doing more instagram stuff over to youtube mm-hmm. just because i think that's where the audiences is, is going I kind of think people are frustrated at
1: workbench con is like so many people are just like we're there trying to transition into youtube it's like all mm-hmm. roads eventually lead to youtube
0: yeah and I, f- I feel like they they do it right with their analytics and stuff mm-hmm. they they know how to cater to the audience rather than instagram just seems like they put things out willy-nilly yeah
1: yeah a yeah, I don't. Very I don't frustrating fully, platform. I don't fully understand Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I've been on there since the beginning, but I've never really <laughs> been part of it very well. I'm always like, <laughs> people are telling me things that I just now realize that have been a part of that for years. Like it was like I don't like all of these different posts coming into my feed. And somebody said, well, you know, at the top, there's this little Instagram logo. If you click it, you can just have the people that you're following. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is mind-blowing. How did I not know this? It's probably been there for 10 years, and I never knew that.
0: Yeah, one of those soft rollouts that they put out there for everybody and didn't didn't <laughs> we, tell anybody about it. We don't
1: really want you watching just your followers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we want to show you uh, people digging wells in, you know, India and stuff. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't know. Sometimes there are some interesting things. I, I guess I've been lo- liking a lot of dad joke stuff lately. Oh, yeah. And so they've been serving a lot of dad joke stuff up to me.
1: Do you ever watch Scott, Prop, Scott Prop and Roll? Real funny guy. He does no, dad uh-uh. jokes. He makes props or he he's a prop master for Hollywood movies and TV shows. And so he describes all of the, the different types of props. the real interesting stuff on how they, you know, break away glass and all this stuff. But he always hmm. ends with a dad joke. And I think a lot of people watch him just for the dad jokes. They're really <laughs> funny.
0: He saves it for the end
1: yeah usually, and it's like a one two punch he'll make the dad joke, and then he follows it right up with a i mean he is like the master <laughs> of the dad joke.
0: <laughs> I love a good dad joke uh, yeah. I, I tried to build that into my uh content and it it seemed like it you know didn't didn't go so well uh, yeah. so I reserve that for the podcast stuff <laughs> <laughs> but they're like the inappropriate dad jokes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are the best ones. <laughs> So, yeah, as I said in the intro, you, you've got a lot of things going on. Uh, you've got a lot of irons in the in the fire. Yeah, uh, I, I probably shouldn't, you know. Everybody is always
1: like, you should really focus on one thing. But my brain always goes in a lot of different directions. And a lot of times I get interested in one thing, and that becomes like, I, I just get obsessed with it. And then I think, well, mm-hmm. well, should I be doing this? Or should I really be focusing on <laughs> what I should be doing, you know,
0: making videos and these sorts of things? but. I do get easily distracted. Yeah. Do you um do you think about the projects and then you do the content around those projects or are you thinking about the content first for like the year?
1: for YouTube videos? Yeah. I think about the projects. I think about what is going to be a good project for the people who watch my show. It used to be I would kind of make whatever I wanted to. But as the years went by, I became more and more conscious about who my audience is and who I really am trying to appeal to is is kind of the total beginner woodworker. And so I, I like to consider myself kind of a gateway drug into woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I really like that role. I really enjoy teaching people who don't know anything about woodworking, you know, I mean, people who have never touched a hammer in their life, you know, and mm-hmm. they just don't know where to begin. And I, and I love that I can discover things about myself by doing that, because a lot of woodworking procedures and, and techniques that I've done for 40 years become so second nature that it's easy to gloss over that. And I have to mm-hmm. always reel myself back and think, you know. Maybe not everybody knows how to change a table saw. Maybe they're not even sure which way those teeth are going to are supposed to go. I mean, these are important things that I think a total beginner needs to know. And I really enjoy doing that. It really makes me take time to think about those things.
0: Yeah, that's that's a, a great point because I think a lot of people they'll they'll do content and they want to kind of get to the punchline, yeah. and um, they forget they forget their audience in, you know, me included. It's like, well, nobody needs to see me changing out a, a blade because I feel like if they're going to do this type of build, they should know how to change a blade. But yeah, yeah. your audience is is definitely a different uh, right. demographic than...
1: Yeah, I think there's there's all different types of woodworking videos. There's, you know, the people who, who make fantastic... High-end projects and people like to watch them just to watch somebody else doing it and woodworkers like to watch it to pick up Maybe new tips or just different see different ways of making things and then there's uh, More educational videos, which I've always kind of considered myself in that educational space mm-hmm. Although not all of my videos are like that uh, But I try to really lean in on on that and, and really know not just educational but educational for a certain demographic of people you know i know people will advance out of my videos usually at some <laughs> point they're like i gotta
0: get something try something new you know <laughs> they they advance past the mere mortal uh phase and yeah but they come back i hear from people all the time they're like oh man
1: i i, I was watching you, you know 12 years ago or 15 years ago and here here i am still
0: watching that's really cool to hear yeah how does that make you feel? Um, oh, like, it's fantastic.
1: I mean, yeah. I absolutely, it's the best part of my job is when I hear from people that say, and, and I don't mean this in any kind of egotistical way, but when people tell me that I had an effect of changing their life in some way, mm-hmm. and because I never would have thought about that when I first got into YouTube, I, I had no grandiose plans of changing lives or, or leaving an impact of, of any way. But when I hear people say, you know, I never knew how to do any woodworking. I just happened across one of your videos. I got interested in it. Next thing I know, I'm buying tools. And now Mm -hmm. I've started my own business. I mean, all this stuff. And it's just like, to me, it's so humbling to have that reaction. And it it just, it took me a long time to realize that that's sort of my role. And to take that seriously and to understand that there's a responsibility that goes along with that.
0: Well, I think you're one of the least egotistical woodworkers out there, uh, if I could just say that. I think uh, Drew Witt he he made a, a video, and I saw you, you had commented on it, so you know which <laughs> yes. one I'm talking about. Um, he was a, a guest on this podcast, great guy. Uh, but you know, he, he pointed out the fact that you you went there, you you didn't at least the perception is you didn't you know expect anything. You went there to meet people and. You and I struck up a conversation, and and talked. Uh, I talked to you at length on, yeah. about podcasting.
1: Oh, it was a great conversation. Yeah,
0: it was so good. Learned a, learned a lot from you, and I was like, oh man, if this guy can just do the podcast, it'd be it'd be incredible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have kind of a policy of just to say yes to almost everything. I, I think that we've we too often everybody has gotten so many people have gotten into this knee jerk reaction of just their first response is going to be no to something because we Mm -hmm. tell ourselves that we're too busy or we're too important or we have too many things that we're doing but i kind of think that when you're in a position of being in the media sort of the new media and internet Mm -hmm. it's really part of your job is to be you know accessible i think that's what separates youtube from other forms of media
0: Yeah, I think, um, I had somebody reach out to me, uh, they just started following the podcast and reached out to me and, um, then they said, Hey, we've, we've also got a podcast. Would you like to be on the podcast? And I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, that cross pollination is always good, but then also if I'm trying to get guests on the show and I'm saying no, you know, what, what, what does that, what message does that send out? You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I think I think it's important, and uh, you know, out of all of the people I invite on my show, I I get a pretty good return of people, and sometimes it's really it kind of boggles my mind when people say yes because I just throw out you know Mm -hmm. invitations to like real (laughs) long shots, you know. I never know what's going to happen, but once in a while, somebody. And then it's really funny when somebody says, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be on a show. I love listening to that podcast. I'm like, wow, wow. that's really cool. I didn't really know that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great feeling to, you know, mm-hmm. in, in building up a Patreon community and stuff, you mm-hmm. and I chatted a little bit about that and just how, how that kind of propels you and, and drives your, your passion a little bit, you know, more because yeah. there are people who are depending on, the, on those episodes, yeah. you know, week, week in, week out.
1: Yeah, it's true. I I absolutely love podcasting. It's just my, it's the most exciting thing I've done really since I started YouTube. I mean, that it has that same feeling to me, you know, this is my third year of doing it, the second year of the WTS show. And it's just always has that feeling of like, man, this is so new. This is so much fun. This is the Mm -hmm. way I felt in 2008, making videos.
0: Yeah. And it's great because on a on Instagram post, you don't really get to know the maker too well. You get to know the, that whatever they're trying to cater to the algorithm. And then, um, <laughs> uh, like on YouTube, it's, it's gotta be refined. It's gotta hit, you know, check all the boxes, you know, in most cases. And there are a few creators who really show their personality. I think, you know, Hibbs is, is one who shows his personality really well. Um, Scott Walsh is another guy, uh, that I, I like, really enjoy watching. Um, but you don't. You still don't get to know them fully as a as a maker, yeah. which is kind of why I started this podcast because we can have conversations like this, and and you can, yeah. I, selfishly, I can ask the questions I want to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's the. I think that's the beauty of podcasts is you have time to flesh these things out, and you get a, a much more unfiltered view of somebody than you know people who are making their own videos. Obviously, we're going to put our we're going to shine our light on ourselves and <laughs> make ourselves look as good as we can and edit out as, as many things. And we're all yeah. putting on a show. Nobody, no matter what, how long you've been making videos and everybody always tells you just be yourself in a video and nobody really is right on a video. You know, you're still, it's still performative yeah. to a certain extent.
0: Yeah. The, the ones where they're acting themselves, those are the ones that are like, delete that <laughs> yeah well if you're totally <laughs> acting yourself for the most part it's kind of a boring video you, you have yeah. to have a little bit
1: you have to ramp it up just a little bit more um, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a, probably one of the biggest mistakes people make on YouTube is not really having that forward face to themselves you know mm-hmm. to being too casual
0: yeah that's true uh, one thing I enjoy watching in your videos is y- you keep the you keep some of that stuff in that people would normally edit out. Like, um, Oh, the other day I was watching one of yours and you were wheeling your table saw out and you, you put the, uh, unnecessary walnut, uh, wedge that you've got for your table. saw <laughs> <laughs> the foot, yeah. Uh, yeah, And you know, that makes it relatable because most people who are watching your channel are doing that exact same thing. They've got a small shed maybe, and they're, they're wheeling their, their tools out and, you know it's not a bright and shiny table saw and your all of your stuff is very relatable yeah. to your demographic
1: yeah you know I, I i'm conscious of that but i'm also just a cheapskate and i just i don't <laughs> i hate i'm not one of these guys i'm not a tool guy i just don't yeah. go and buy tools and i don't you know there's some guys who who know like the actual model numbers of tools. And that to Mm -hmm. me just blows my mind. They're like, Hey, did you know about the new DeWalt 2932 planer? And I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. how do you know the models? Mm -hmm. How the last (laughs) table saw? Well, my current table saw was given to me in like 2010 or 11. Mm. A Bunch of people got together and actually they're on this plaque right behind me. The names of all the people who donated, uh, for that cause to get rid of my old craftsman, <laughs> table saw, <laughs> but I just don't buy tools. I just I yeah. keep them around forever until they just completely
0: stop working. And then I'm like, Oh God, I guess I got to buy a new one. <laughs> well, 2010, that's, that's a pretty good testament to that, that table saw. They'll yeah, I mean, they be sending you a check at this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Porter Cable table saw. They don't even make those. Well, they're anymore. not even around anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like it. I, I had I got a table saw from SawStop. They sent me one, uh, the little compact one they were sending mm-hmm. out everybody. And, um, you know, wanted to know if they could put an ad in, in my newsletter. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, just yeah. know that I have a table saw. I'm not switching, but if you mm-hmm. want to do that, that's fine. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, okay. Do you, you don't do any like site kind of stuff, right? Like no. f- for family, I guess maybe, but other yeah, than that.
1: not even really that. Everything I do is is in my shop, and um, you know, it used to be I would make stuff that we needed in the house for the most part, right. but after years and years of doing that. <laughs> My wife's like, okay, we have enough of this crap.
0: Stop. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> think know. we need another trestle table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, okay. We have 14 coffee tables. No more, <laughs> please.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it, It's not that bad, but I do make projects now that are intentionally made for the, my audience, because I think it's something that they would like to build. It's accessible for them to build, and I can show all the techniques of it. And then I'm left with this project, which I usually just have to give away, mm-hmm. you know, to a friend or somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I imagine at Christmas time it's it's you're gearing up and doing all the the stuff or are you at the point now where you're like you know just buy something
1: that's the bad part is that you know it used to be Christmas was yeah I making all the Christmas projects and yeah. everything and now I just I just don't make gifts for anybody really occasionally I will and and I have some older projects around little gift boxes that i've made wooden boxes and things and sometimes i'll pull one of those out for a special friend or somebody does something really special to give that to them but yeah i don't i just don't do much woodworking unless it's really focused on a, on a video
0: Mm-hmm. was that the the focus of the channel like from the get-go is is new woodworkers or was it you just put some videos out there initially just yeah, so, so
1: this all, I I have no idea how any of this all came about. You know, it's, it's just, I always like to think of life as a river, and it just kind of flows, and if you just kind of go with it, you never <laughs> know where you're going to end up. And mm-hmm. when I posted my first video, and so this was in 2008, and I was, I'd already been doing woodworking. Well, my whole life I've done woodworking, but we had moved into this house in 2001, and I... I set up my shop and I've been doing woodworking for all these years here. And then in 2008, when YouTube was still fairly new, I thought, you know, I want to make this chess board. And I, I think I just want to document it just kind of for myself so I can remember all the steps and how I did it. And I thought it would be fun. Mm-hmm. So I shot that video and posted it on YouTube in a sort of like a seven part series. The videos mm-hmm. could only be 10 minutes long back then. So I had to chop oh, yeah. it all up. It was so boring, <laughs> but this was part of, family videos. Uh, I had a lot of roller coaster videos cause we were, my son and I were really into roller coasters at the time he was 10 years old. We were riding every coaster up and down the state of California and in other states. And Very so cool. a lot of those and just a whole mishmash of stuff, which was not uncommon for 28, 2008 YouTube mm-hmm. to do. Um, there were some, there were a number of YouTubers on the platform who were, who were making, um, you know, full productions of videos and everything, <laughs> but a lot. Most people were just just having fun with the platform. So, I posted that video, and the only other person who was posting woodworking videos was Mark Spagnolo, mm-hmm. and he was he came in a year before I did, and so after I posted that, I never expected really anybody to watch it. Why would somebody watch this thing? And then people started watching it, and it was just mind boggling. And I remember getting to like a thousand subscribers, which it, it took a while in that first, mm-hmm. I guess, year I probably did. And I was like, I cannot believe the thousand people want to subscribe to me posting woodworking videos and roller coaster videos and all this crap on here. But then I I, I was like really naive. And I started looking and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Really what they're watching is the woodworking videos. (laughs) So that's when I started to to switch it up. And I'm like, yeah, I should probably just do woodworking videos. And one of the very early comments that I would get on my videos, and it was funny because I didn't know that, my tools were really kind of low-end and crappy. (laughs) I was perfectly happy with them. But some of the comments I was starting to get real early on was people were like, oh man, this is so cool because this is just the same kind of tools I have. This is just me working in a garage. And then uh, the more and more of those I got, I remember thinking this is sort of maybe what I should be doing because the only people making woodworking content at least online was mark who was yeah. doing the, the real nice woodworking and then before him it was all on tv and there was there was norm abram and roy mm-hmm. underhill and but anybody working with power tools would 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 think of norm abram who had mm-hmm. this massive shop and and everything was <laughs> like you know yeah. laser guided i'm sure he would be using robots today if he was still doing it <laughs> But it was all it was also amazing to watch him. And then that was when I thought this was after a couple of years of making YouTube videos. I thought, oh, maybe I should make a name for what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. And that's when I came up with the woodworking for mere mortals. And I just thought there's this will be the alternate. This will be the alternative to this kind of high end woodworking that requires you to have, you know, a mortising machine and and all of this high-end stuff that I can Mm -hmm. just use the tools I already have and just show people how these things are, are done. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of the impetus. The first couple of years, the channel didn't have a name. It was just my username, which was misspelled to <laughs> <laughs> I misspelled my own name. It was, well, I I set up my YouTube account. Like I barely remember because it was so fast. I'm like, yeah, I'll set up a YouTube account. Like, What's your username? And I wanted to have Steve in Marin. Marin, is mm-hmm. I live in Marin County in here in California. And For some reason I missed the second E in my name and so it was just Stev in Marin. (laughs) And I click okay. Yes, I have a channel now. And then everybody was was, everybody (laughs) were calling me like Stev or Stevin or How is this name? And I was like, Oh, this is so (laughs) <laughs> and that, that haunted me for years until just like last year when they changed that and now you have like an at sign on your channel name so steven yeah. marin is completely gone now finally <laughs> it, it only took 15 years wow that's
0: that. amazing i, I guess i'd never picked up on that cuz you know mm-hmm. you always just see the the channel name typically yeah. but yeah wow yeah. How frustrating. (laughs) You're like, well, then once you get past a thousand subscribers, you're like, well, there's no way I'm starting another channel just to fix my name. Well, you know, I did.
1: (laughs) And like 2011 or 12, I, I thought I'll start a second channel where I can post my my behind the scenes, you know, everybody wants to start a second channel at some point. Well, that
0: was before the plus, right? <laughs> was, well, that, well,
1: I've changed that channel for a, a lot. It was originally mere minutes. And I thought, well, these will just be little quick things that I couldn't get into the regular videos. And yeah. and I would have little talks after my regular project video. This was back when I was posting a weekly project video. And then I would post on mere minutes. And then, but it was just so much work, even just those to do that. And so then eventually I stopped doing that. And then eventually I started just using that second channel as a dumping ground for, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like last year I'm like, you know, everybody's got a plus these days. I'm just going to rename yeah. it to Steve Ramsey plus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I, I put it. like, I put like my movie reviews on there and stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't remember if that's the channel that I saw. You, you did like a, uh, a horror spoof or something with, um, that was like a DIY killer or something. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: that's on my main channel, actually. That's Every, on your main channel. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I love doing is the Halloween videos. Every year I do yeah. a, a Halloween video. I've been doing that since the very first year on, on YouTube. Yeah. And, yeah, last
0: year was the DIY killer. And that, <laughs> I was watching it, and my wife walked in, and she goes, What are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about your ongoing sponsorship with Swiffer, so you can clean up blood or something. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And Squarespace. Yeah, <laughs> and Squarespace. That was great. Uh, perfect, uh, perfect addition. Iso Tunes for the the screams of agony. All right. Yeah, you got to have all these things.
1: <laughs> those those are like my worst performing videos. When I do the Halloween videos, it's like the people who watch them love them. Everybody yeah. else is like, I ain't watching this. No, nope, I'm out. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You you come on with an alter ego uh and and do a is that for all of them because i had just seen the one i i hadn't
1: yeah i have i have a lot of a lot of different ones usually they're based around a project i don't this last one i didn't have it based around a project because i didn't really have a lot of time to to think it through but yeah they usually have some sort of a project and a twist to them yeah
0: Yeah, and you had the the Jeffrey Dahmer vibe going on. Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) Everybody said, you're doing Jeffrey Dahmer, aren't you?
0: All you got to do is put on a pair of glasses and slick your hair
1: back and you got Jeffrey Dahmer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Because, you know, my wife, is she's usually like, she'll she'll go to bed and I I usually consume a lot of content uh, after she goes to bed. And so I'll just be watching YouTube on the TV and she was walking toward the bedroom and, you know, normally it's, you know, whoever, whatever channel I'm, I'm usually studying for the podcast. And uh, yeah, she walks by and she just stops and I'm just watching her reaction. <laughs> She's just looking at it like, is this a woodworking channel? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, what did no, I get myself it's, into? No, it's. I think it's great. I love that?
1: it. I, I like being able to I, I feel like I'm at that stage kind of in my YouTube career where I don't care too much about like feeding the algorithm mm-hmm. you know it's kind of I feel like I'm, I've kind of come full circle to that early Steve when I was just kind of hey, posting fun cool things and I'm kind of like that now and I have no schedule I'll uh, post when I want and whatever I want just kind of have fun with it
0: yeah I bet that's that's freeing for you to, yeah. to have that because I think, um, you know, it. I'm in a space right now where my creativity is, Is I'm starting to feel the, the pressure of doing something that is going to hit. And um, it's, it's a lot of, it, it starts to kill my creativity. It's yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah, it will.
1: Because you, you, your boss is now a machine. You're working for a machine. Right. Just, you know, <laughs> rather than making videos for people... You're just trying to appeal to whatever you know. How can I title this video? How can I make the perfect thumbnail? And mm-hmm. it's just exhausting. It just wears you down. Mm-hmm.
0: So, how do you you think that's the success of your uh, longevity on YouTube? Is just making content for people.
1: Yeah, I think so, and and being trying to stay relevant. I think, I mean, it's not like I don't play the YouTube game. I, I certainly do, but I don't uh, I don't obsess over it the way I used to. I don't really like, get deep into analytics or anything like that anymore, and I'm not trying to figure out. They always say, you know, you should, before you even shoot a video or even make a project, you should figure out the title of the video. How, how yeah. clever are you, you know? And I yeah. don't feel like I'm clever enough with those titles. Other than I, I know if you put dollar signs in there of some sort, you can usually yeah. get more views.
0: <laughs> dollar signs and lots of arrows on the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, God,
1: I know, but it's—I don't know—it's just it—it it just becomes much more of a chore that way. Right. And I, I think—and you—I'm you, sure you—you you noticed a lot of this at, at WorkbenchCon too—is that people were mostly. There wasn't a lot of talk about woodworking there, really. And of course, this is a social media conference, so you would expect Mm -hmm. that. But I I do have a feeling there's a lot of people who get into it more, get into YouTube more out of wanting to become a YouTuber and make a lot of money and figure out. And the the thing they're doing isn't really as important as Mm -hmm. the fact that they are working out how to appeal to that algorithm
0: yeah uh, that's that's a, a great point. I, I think back to uh, a few years ago when I was doing projects and there were mostly commission builds and so I would video them and then I would I would put the, the build out there I would do a voiceover which is much your style um, just putting you know doing doing the actual work. And then voicing it over how you did the, did the project. And I wasn't really focused on YouTube at the time and I was really enjoying the project. But recently I've started focusing more on the video and less on the project and started doing less woodworking, which is actually the thing that I enjoy doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a, a double edged sword. There's a
1: balance that I think we can all strike at, at some point. And I think it just kind of takes time and experience in figuring out exactly what you enjoy about each part of it. Because I love making videos and I love making woodworking projects. And I, I think I love them equally. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. So I got to just kind of reel myself in that I'm not so focused on one that I forget the other, and there is a point where I can pick the right projects that appeal to me, and I know are going to appeal to my audience, and spend a little bit of time playing the YouTube game, but not drive myself crazy there. And I, it's just finding that balance. I think that's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so when you're when you're doing those projects, um, are you um, are you thinking about how you're going to splice the content together at the end, or you're just, um, video the project. And then you think about the voiceover and stuff later. So
1: a lot of this has changed recently because I'm trying to, this is one of the YouTube game things I am trying to play is play, is making longer videos because now no. YouTube really wants these 30 minute videos or at least somewhere close to there. Yeah. And I was always very comfortable making an eight minute video. It was kind of my Mm -hmm. sweet spot for years. And when I first started YouTube, really it was like two to three minutes was the best. Anything over Mm -hmm. that was like YouTube death. Nobody's gonna watch that video. (laughs) And then I got really good at these eight minute videos and for years and I had such a system worked out where I could, make the project and shoot the video and edit all at the same time. And the nice thing about making woodworking projects is, and the videos that go with them is it's all linear. So you can Mm -hmm. pretty much shoot in order. So as I'm shooting, I might glue something up. I have a time to take a break. I'll take the card out of my camera and I'll just start editing. And Mm. with that style that I was doing I never did voiceovers until just like this last year. I had always just talked directly to the camera off mm-hmm. the cuff or scripted stuff for like intros that I would read on a teleprompter. Mm-hmm. And I still do that if I have like a real long conversational video, I use the teleprompter for that. But now that I'm using, doing these longer videos, it's like a whole new challenge to me because... Mm-hmm. I have to shoot, make sure I have enough, I've filmed enough stuff that it's there, and then go back and try to talk over what I'm doing and make that into a story, which I'm finding much more of a challenge. I'm finding it really difficult to do those voiceovers. I, I'm, I've done you know a handful of them now, and I'm sort of starting to get uh, a system down of how I think think I can tell a story this way because the Mm -hmm. problem isn't making the long video and just talking, it's about not talking to the point where it sounds like I'm just padding it out to Mm -hmm. fill up this video. So I'm trying to bring in conversational things into that video that I think are important or interesting Mm that I can spend a few minutes just talking about various topics in that video. and. So I'm getting there with that, and you know, there's there's some people who are just really good at that. You know, like mm-hmm. like um, like like our man at Black. Uh, oh, Cam. Blacktail Damn. Studio God, why yeah. was I blagging on Blacktail Studio it was like yeah. the only the yeah. biggest channel on YouTube right yeah. now but yeah I mean oh man he's like the king of the voiceover Man, he just has that yeah. voice and and I was talking to him about that and he's like, no, I just sit there and just talk about what I'm doing and I'm like wow, that's impressive yeah. because I it I have to avoid just saying just describing what you're seeing on the video right and so I'm trying to show things that are happening in the video and sort of talking about something else or maybe mm-hmm. kind of my philosophy behind something I'm kind of I'm really big into kind of philosophy of woodworking and why we do certain things
0: yeah well yeah like e- even uh, how you use a push stick or how you change a dado stack or what a dado stack is used for um, you can go on for two three minutes on, on something like that where most people would kind of gloss over that. And then you'll see in their comments, you know, uh, questions from new woodworkers on what, it, what is that thing that you were using right. to, or, you know, what, it, what was, what were those saw blades? Yeah. Like, well, that's a dado stack dummy. You know, like, well, I they don't know. <laughs> well, this is, these are the type of comments that
1: really helped inspire me to create my courses is because for the most part, you can't do a step-by-step instructional video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just really you're not <laughs> getting <Ready>. it. <laughs> but with, if I have a course where, where people have paid to actually learn step-by-step how to make a table, mm-hmm. I can spend that time and I can put in you know markers. Here's where you need to go if you want to learn this part. Sp- speed it up or come back to it and. I can take the time. I even have a thing in my videos is like real time action shots or something. I forget what I call it, mm-hmm. but just showing like certain shots of running a board through a table saw in real time. Because I think that's important because we don't mm-hmm. usually see that in videos. Usually videos are sped up so fast. But I Or slow down.
0: I yeah. <laughs> you get both. <laughs> exactly. Like, and yeah, I think that it's a slow mo
1: it's important that people know kind of what they're, they're getting themselves into, you know, like, Oh, that took me, that actually takes longer than I would have expected to cut a board Mm -hmm. or something, you know? And so those are the kind of things that you just really can't do on YouTube.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most people, um, I get, I get a lot of commission requests. Can you build this? And they usually take a picture of, of something they found on the internet or, or something like that. Can you build this? Yes, I can, but it's going to be, a lot more than you think it is (laughs) because uh they're used to watching um chip and joanna or uh, you know (laughs) getting getting familiar with 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 all of that you know thing where they're um they're splicing it together in 30 minutes you know well they built an entire kitchen in 30 minutes well can't you just build a table Yeah,
1: it's it's detrimental a lot of time. I, I really it, people working on commission, man, that's a hard hard game. How are you doing on commissions? You still do a commission work?
0: Um, I've I've started uh, rejecting jobs or passing jobs on to people because the podcast, the podcast just takes up so much time. Yeah, um, you know, between the the time recording and then the the time editing. And I'm really trying to because I'm a new podcast, I'm trying to put things together, uh, you know, reels and in, you know, maybe a short segment from the full podcast and put that on YouTube. And so I've spent a lot of time doing that. So I've I've cut back on the commission um, stuff quite a bit.
1: And there's it's, a, it's, a fair amount of research going into podcasts too. That I think people don't realize when you have somebody on, you usually kind of want to look up up a little bit so you know a bit more about right, their background right. and that sort You're of thing. Like, and it's,
0: oh, 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 you've got a you've got a woodworking uh, channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hear you know, these folks shows, like you, it's it's yeah. fairly it's a lot easier. You know, yeah. I could I could Google Steve Ramsey, I could Google Jimmy Durusta, mm-hmm. I could, you know Izzy Swan. Um, it's it's the other creators that don't have a lot of information out there that are harder. I mean, if, if I wanted to know your age, I could, I could Google that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be 57
1: here in just a couple months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Didn't you, you did a a thing uh, a while back. You said uh, people say you're getting younger. Oh yeah. As you, (laughs) yeah.
1: I actually started taking care of myself. It's not that I'm getting younger. It's like I used to look much older than I should have. Yeah. it's, It's just a matter of. Taking better care of yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you stay pretty active. I mean, you're for for mm-hmm. those of you not watching on this on YouTube, uh, Steve is standing <laughs> for the podcast as he does with with Dancing all of his around. podcasts. No, I, yeah. I
1: I never sit. I don't even have a chair at my desk for editing yeah. for everything. I have a, I have a a I built a desk and then I have one of these these. I don't know what you call it, like a, a thing that goes on top that raises up and down. So you, Oh, you know, like a Veridesk yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it's just, I thought, well, that'll be good. I can put it up and I can stand and then I can put it down and it never goes down. It's just always in the up position because yeah. now I can't really sit. If I sit, it feels awkward to me. I, I feel like I need to kind of move mm-hmm. around a little bit. And so now yeah. that's I rarely, rarely sit.
0: And that's why you're slender and I'm, I'm starting to look like a Hershey's Kiss. <laughs> no, it comes down to food. It's just all food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're also in sunny California. Uh, I used to live in, in Fullerton, uh, oh, okay. California, Orange County. Uh, and now I live in Houston where it's, it's so hot, you know, 10 months out of the year that you just don't go outside. <laughs> oh,
1: right. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I was, I was probably a lot more active in, in California than I am out here. Yeah. And, you know, especially the shop. The shop is just sweltering half the time.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, it's, it's one of the things I'm really grateful for living here in, in Northern California is that it's I can work in my shop year-round in my garage, even with the, the garage door open. In fact, the only way I work is with the garage door open. I mm-hmm. like the air, the light, and, and everything that comes in there. And I, I don't... I don't think I could work in a place where it has snow and I see these guys posting their pictures of their shops in in the snow. (laughs) I think, Oh man, I don't know how you do that.
0: (laughs) Going like, okay, I'm doing my lumber run for the, for the season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got to gear up. Yeah. That it's, it's like that in Houston too. Uh, especially if I have a lot of commission builds, uh, coming up to a summer, I'll, I'll stop taking commission builds. Just, it's, you know, Plus, you would enjoy the the weather out there,
1: Matt. What's your take on commission woodworking in general these days? Is it is it a good gig to get into, or is it just something that is just a real struggle?
0: I would say for me and the and the few people that I talk to that do commission builds, it's more uh, to support our hobby. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, that's not something because my full-time job is, um, in oil and gas. Huh. And, um, so I, I do this as a supplemental thing. So that way I don't draw from the main account. Um, if I want a tool, I'll, I'll do enough commission jobs to pay for that tool. Right. Right. And, uh, so that's been kind of my strategy. Now that I have enough tools, I, I've stopped taking those commission bills. <laughs> um, but I think, if if you're not doing big projects like built-ins, mm-hmm. furniture, things like that, um it's just not going to be worth it. There are people who crush it making cutting boards. Cutting but boards,
1: yeah, man. Th- that crazy. that is a
0: lot of a lot of work. And it is. just the repetitive nature of that, it just sounds miserable. <laughs> it does
1: to me, too. <laughs> I feel like everything I make is kind of the first one, you know, of something in the only time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so freeing. Yeah, I I intentionally actually stopped doing commission builds um, back in 2017. I stopped for two years, the business altogether, because my wife and I were kind of like ships in the night. Mm, I'd sure, be going yeah. out to the, to the garage or on the weekends, I'd be out there and she's taking care of our small kids at the time. And so I stopped doing the commission builds and, um, you know, just really focused on the family and stuff uh but eventually I started missing it <laughs> and uh you know started doing it again but when I came back I made the um decision to not do what I was doing before which was like my my last big job was a kitchen a full kitchen remodel wow by myself
1: how long and, does that take how long does something like that take a, a single person
0: um about 3 months how, and how much how much so, you
1: pay how much you charge for something like that
0: so that, that job initially was supposed to be, so there's is a complicated story to that one, but it was initially supposed to be about thirty to thirty five thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. And um, it was going to be probably eight or nine thousand dollars in materials. Mm-hmm. And so you know I thought well the margins there, and um, I told them that I can't be on a time schedule because I'm just doing this on the weekends, and they had flooded, which is why I had to why I did the remodel. So in Houston we have a lot of flooding. Were they still living in the house? They were living in the house. Oh my god! Um, but they had a an RV, and so they were like doing all their cooking and stuff yeah. in the RV. And this was actually their second time, maybe third time that they had flooded. They were in a, a flood area, and so the previous time I, I was delivering a farmhouse table to them after their previous flood. And I was like, well, these cabinets are really shoddy. You know? Previous <laughs>
1: floods. I think it's time to move out of the flood zone. If I could yeah, exactly. Advice.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, and I made a passing joke when I was delivering that farmhouse table. Um, I, I said, these these cabinets are pretty shoddy. I was like, if you ever flood again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If those weren't words I, I regretted saying later. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I was I was doing that job and um I was about three weeks into the job and they're like, Hey, how's the cabinets coming? We we'd really love to be able to get some counters in here. <laughs> and I'm like, Well, they're coming as expected. And so it would became every weekend um, that I was I was going out there and I just didn't see my family at all. So it was it was miserable. And it, it, that type of work is not for the faint of heart yeah, at all.
1: No, I, I admire people who do that. And you've got, you know, and I always hear people say, you know, cabinet makers and people doing these kind of installs that it's much better to get a job working for, you know, an office or something like that than people's homes because the people's yeah. homes are going to be just going over it with a fine tooth comb, looking at every oh, yeah. single little thing.
0: <laughs> I, I recently, uh, about five, six months ago, I did a, a laundry room for somebody and, um, she had, she waffled on me a few times on the color choice and usually it's like once materials are purchased, any I have a change order, you know, that I charge people and stuff. She waffled a couple of times and then she waffled on the hardware and she, you know, this and that. And um, so finally it came to install day and I was like dreading it. And, uh, you know, I, I booked uh, four or five hours. I had a friend come help me and I was there for 10 hours. <laughs> and my friend left after six hours.
1: gotta go so i was there working by myself on your
0: own Matt. (laughs) yeah and then uh and then the homeowner came in while i was uh doing the hardware i mean this is the final phase so i was doing the hard installing the hardware and she's talking to me and stuff and i'm i get sidetracked i had i have a jig that i use and stuff and so there was these particular these two cabinet doors that she wanted the the hardware put in the center of the door Hmm. but all of the other ones were in
1: Oh, at the bottom. Oh no! I know where this is going.
0: Yeah, so I'm talking to her, and I'm I'm using my jig. I'm going from one door to the next door to the next door, and after I drilled the hole, she goes, "Hey, uh, those were supposed to be in the middle." Oh no! Oh. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, this everything is painted already, yeah. and it was like I was ready to roll out after this was done, and so uh, <sighs> you know, sure enough, it was my error, my mistake. Even though she was in there talking to me, uh, but I <laughs> it's had her st- fault, damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the customer's always right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your yap! So, I'm trying to get some work done here. <laughs> I was like, "Well, do you want to live with it for a week and and let me know if you want to change it up?" She's like, "No, you, uh, can you redo those?" Wow! And so she's like, "Do you have to redo the doors completely, or can you just you know patch it and paint it?" And I was like, "Well, I'll I'll see." And so, uh, I patched it and painted it. And when I went back to install it, I did a perfect cabinet, uh, trick, but she caught me. I flipped the doors upside down when I installed them so that the holes wouldn't be where she was expecting them to be. And as I hung them up, she goes, are those upside down? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah so i was like okay yep i think uh i need to slow back on the commission builds this is why this is why everybody's making cutting boards <laughs> right <laughs> ship them out <laughs> yeah really
1: wow yeah. yeah that that sounds like a nightmare does it does it take any of the joy out of out of woodworking as has it
0: was it a setback to you after that of kind of ugh. yeah 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 mm. i mean there's definitely that um I, I always enjoy the finished shots. I always, you know, find like wow, I built that. And you know, sometimes when I show people uh, things, like they'll say, oh yeah, I want to get these cabinets done or whatever. Do you do anything like that? And I'll show them some stuff, and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And then, that just brings me so much joy to, to know that I built that with my own hands. But the the trade off is when those things happen that you know the the big kitchen job that mm. um, so the end of that story is. Uh, on that kitchen job, they were pestering me so much that they had a a general contractor that was doing some other stuff around the the house. And it came to a point, I just said, look, why doesn't he just finish the job? And so, um, I didn't make the $35,000. It ended up being like $22,000 Wow! and still about the same amount of in material. So, it, that that really took the wind out of my sails. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, but you you don't do a lot of um, uh, stuff that you would have to. I mean, have you ever got into that kind of thing? No, like selling I, products or. I have only sold
1: a couple of projects ever, and Yeah. it was just it, it was just too much of a hassle. The shipping and everything was, was mm-hmm. too too difficult. That was back in early. YouTube would I made would make some projects and I thought, hey, maybe I could double dip. I can make some money on YouTube and then I can sell right. the project. Well, you really need to sell that stuff locally, I think, because I'd have somebody pick it up because of the yeah. shipping and it was just it was just too much of a hassle for the amount of whatever I could make off of those. So yeah, yeah. I don't do that. And my, I don't think my stuff is good enough to sell really. I'm not I'm not very you know I don't do, like, high-end woodworking and and that sort of thing. So, I mean, yeah. I, I like what I make, and, and people seem to like it, but mm-hmm. I don't think I would feel comfortable selling it, at, at least at yeah. any price that, that I would feel happy <laughs> with. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, I've seen some of the stuff over at Magnolia Farm that's, you know, it's it's got a specific uh, flair mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it looks handmade and stuff like that. I mean, it's not perfect uh perfectly planed and you know things like that. That it has a little bit of character yeah. and stuff like that. The so there's I time. mean there's definitely market, but but if you can avoid it, I mean yeah. y- y- you're probably not needing to be an Etsy seller. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I just don't have the
1: have the patience for that. I, I can sell yeah. digital products and that's <laughs> that's, that's right.
0: Good. Things you can sell in your sleep. Yeah, you know, it's that's kind of the way to go. Yeah. So on the, on the digital stuff, do you, um, on your on your plans, are you outsourcing any of that kind of stuff or are you doing a lot of that stuff yourself? Um, I,
1: I have a team of people who works with me on the course, uh, the three okay. courses I do, and they, they handle a lot of that, the marketing and then just kind of the day-to-day stuff on there. And that's it. Everything else I do on my own. I do all my YouTube editing. I do the, my plans are all free. I just get, get mm-hmm. those out and then... Um. Yeah. Do all the fun stuff
0: and let them do all the boring stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm too much of a. I'm too much of a. I don't know, control freak or something with my YouTube videos. (laughs) I've actually tried having somebody edit them before a couple of times, and it's just. It just wasn't working out for me. They couldn't. To me, it's like. It was kind of then that I realized, you know, that's just my job. That is part Mm -hmm. of. The package is the editing is just as much my personality as me speaking on camera because I can right. edit it in such a way that I might find things that I shot that i didn 't really like realize that oh that was kind of funny. I can put that in there somehow and I can oh, yeah. use it and and those are the kind of things that i can 't really describe to yeah. the editor
0: yeah, and then you'd have to i mean you end up spending more time because you're you're writing out the a shot list on how you want them to put it together and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's uh, that the YouTube game is not, is not easy. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, If what would, what advice would you give uh, to somebody who's um, just uh, maybe one of your, your people who watches you, Mm -hmm. they watch you uh, and your channel and they think, well, I'd like to do something like that. I'd like to get into YouTube and, and do woodworking.
1: I would say have, um, do something special, do something unique because there's a lot of, I have a list I'm maintaining of all the woodworking channels on YouTube, but it's like, <laughs> so far I'm up to like 350 and that's, mm. I, I'm i sure there's just tons more. These are just ones that right. I've, I've happened across and the vast majority of them, when I look at their channels, I can't instantly tell wh- what are they trying to tell me? What are it, other than just here, I'm making projects. I want mm. people, for instance, like on my channel to know instantly when they go there. Oh, I see. This is for beginning woodworkers. It's very mm-hmm. clear. It says this is who it's for and the type of projects I make. You know, they know um, I, I'm never going to haul out a CNC or a laser cutter or any of these things. Um, and so I, I would say that's kind of the main thing is kind of know who, what you want to make. Who, who are you trying to appeal to? Mm-hmm. And kind of like what we mentioned earlier, you, you really need to have some sort of an on-screen presence. Right. I think really helps. Because that's really people are watching YouTube videos for you rather than so much of what it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's why it's hard for these videos of the the faceless videos that never show they just hands making things it, yeah. sometimes it works but it's S- real difficult it's, yeah it's <laughs> real difficult to get those to you've got to have a very good talking voice and <laughs> yeah. personality to 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 make
0: that work yeah i guess that's why they call it youtube and not them tube or or something yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's going to be ai tube yeah it's
1: coming man it's coming you know those ai videos are going to be out here pretty soon
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You basically get, there's, there actually is video. I don't want to get into that. If you want to know about AI, listen to last week's episode uh, (laughs) where Adam and I uh, talk about AI a little bit, but there are channels that uh, you can basically write in what you want it to, to do. And then anything from the shots, stock shots Mm -hmm. or computer generated stuff to the full voiceover. So it's just it's scary. It's it's weird. It's and, all uh, leading to
1: porn. It's all gonna it's right. all gonna be porn. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's when you're. That's when you start your Steve Ramsey uh, r- roller coasters for mere mortal uh, channel. <laughs> Revive the roller coasters, <laughs> huh? Yeah, I still have yeah. one roller coaster video on my channel. It's a little bit of an Easter egg on there, I guess. I find. missed that one. Okay, it was i will have to back, go back. And way back, Santa check Cruz. That out. Yeah. Yeah. And not, I'm not uh, putting that in the show notes. If you, you do your own research, yeah, you got to do your <laughs> own damn research.
1: <laughs> Sift through 15 years of videos. There you go. There's your whole. Yeah.
0: So, can you imagine doing 15 years of roller coaster videos?
1: Oh man. Uh, I still watch. you think you'd be able to handle it.
0: Ch- I still watch roller
1: coaster channels, though. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> what was your What was your favorite roller coaster?
1: Mm, that's pretty hard to say. There's some really good ones at Magic Mountain down mm, in
0: yeah. L.A. area. And Was it uh, Colossus, Colossus or something like that? Colossus is pretty good, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: that, they've got, like, I don't know how many roller coasters at Magic Mountain. The theme park yeah. sucks, but the roller coasters are really good.
0: <laughs> Yeah, nobody goes there for the for anything other than no, the coasters. That's it.
1: it's just all coasters, but it's just a horrible experience down there. The people that work there are horrible. The Yeah. Everything about it is just awful. But yeah. <laughs> that's where you go for the coasters.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's no Disney World, no, that's for sure. No. <laughs> you do you ever do anything like uh go out to Orlando and, and do we went of that kind
1: of to stuff. Orlando twenty
0: eighteen,
1: I think we it was the first time I've been there. Cause we'd always gone to Disneyland, you know, down right. in Anaheim and uh, it was a whole different experience. I still, it's controversial. I'm still so partial to Disneyland. I think it's a better Are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's a little bias there. It's, that's my yeah. hot take is, man, I love Disneyland. I, I, we go yeah. to, we've been going to Disneyland. I've probably been there 30, 40 times, you know? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I lived in Fullerton, I mean that's, it's about a 15, 20 minute drive. Yeah. Um, so I had season passes to it's Disneyland great. and uh, my first time going to Disney World was about eight years ago mm-hmm. and took the family out there and I was like oh my god it, it literally no wonder they called it Disney World it's, it's like a it, yeah. you're in a totally different place.
1: Epcot I think was really worth seeing I loved Epcot but the like the the Magic Kingdom there it, it Disneyland has a real vibe to it you know it has mm-hmm. like this kind of and this sounds really dumb when you're talking about Disney, but Magic Kingdom in Florida felt a lot more corporate <laughs> than, mm-hmm. than Disneyland. Yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly what that means, but it just feels homier down at Disneyland. Yeah. And, and I love the park. And I love once you've been there a number of times, you don't feel this pressure to do all the Disney stuff. You can just go to the park and enjoy the experience and enjoy the crowds yeah. and, and look at all the hidden stuff and the cool history in there. And we, we love doing that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think also the weather helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the weather in Florida and you you're walking around and you're, you bring you're bringing your raincoat with you and you're not sure if you're gonna need it and yeah we got, you're gonna
1: have to oh my god it poured on us when we were down there it was it was horrible it was just like it was I thought it was gonna hurricane or something it was such a strong yeah.
0: rain well especially when you're you're used to California yeah. weather I mean you're not originally from California though right no I've you... been here for 30 years now
1: but, okay yeah, I grew up in Denver so I, I grew up in Denver. cold snowy yeah horrible
0: Got out of that as fast as you could. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't miss it. I really don't miss snow. I, I don't, I, I'm not really good with really hot and really cold temperatures. I just kind of like it to stay room temperature. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and like me, I, I find that now I used to always make fun of my dad. My dad used to make fun of his dad that he wants it a little bit warmer or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, i'm finding myself now being more cold uh you know the older i get and it's like oh boy i'm turning into <laughs> I <know>. my dad <laughs> i'm turning
1: up that heater damn it i, I know yeah. it's like the the house you know we'll, we'll have a, the thermostat it's like set to 70 or something i'm like it's a little chilly in here. I think I'm going to put yeah. it up a notch. You know, 71. Yeah. <laughs> it makes all the difference.
0: <laughs> it makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, well, I'll say, boy, it's cold in here. She says, don't touch it. You <laughs> know, there's always I'm this like, thing okay.
1: about the thermostat. And we're all, I, and it's just like, it's, it's, it's conditioned into us. I think everybody's dad yeah. had a thing about the, the thermostat. You know, like, don't right. ever touch that. We got it set. Yeah. Exactly where it needs to be. It's going down to 40 degrees at night. But your, you'd mm-hmm. be all right. You'd be under your covers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, we had a, um, we had a, one of those uh, house fans where because we didn't really use we didn't have central air growing up uh, there in California. It, we had one AC unit. Well, actually, we had two AC units. We had one AC unit in the like dining area, and we had one AC unit in my dad's office. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's all go to the office. Yeah, and uh, it was like don't turn on the AC. I mean, my dad was a very frugal, is a very yeah. frugal person. Uh, but yeah, you use the house fan, suck the air out uh, of the house or bring the cool air in at the end of the night. Uh, but here in Houston, it's it's running like 24 seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We just yeah. got air conditioning for the first time. It was probably seven or eight years ago. We'd never yeah. had air conditioning, mostly in northern California. You don't need it. But then we had some heat waves. I'm like, I can't take this.
0: Yeah, y'all had some like hundred and six, hundred seven degree temps out there.
1: Oh, I know it was crazy. We're not used to that. We're not yeah. used to that. And I also got and a hot tub last year, so I'm really excited. Oh, it was like the best thing I ever did. Man, I love that thing. Cause, yeah, and man, after a nice day in the oh, workshop, there is nothing better on like, especially like on a cold morning, waking mm. up, going out into that hot tub and watching a sunrise. It's just like wow. it, it's it's like this existential moment of just like being at one with everything yeah, <laughs> around me. I sound very Northern California by saying that, but it's kind of, it's so yeah. true.
0: Yeah. Just you're at one with the, with the nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you a coffee drinker? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've sit, become sit something there, of
1: a coffee snob lately. Oh really? Yeah. I, 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 so like for Christmas I got the, uh, an espresso machine. And oh, okay. so then it's just been down this rabbit hole of coffee drinks. I mean, I've always, <laughs> I've always liked coffee, but then all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, I like real coffee. Huh, huh, huh. And I'm going to make yeah. some espresso and cappuccino and all this stuff. And then yeah. I go around all these different cafes in San Francisco and I'm like rating them, you
0: know, on how, what their vibe <laughs> is like. And, and yeah. <laughs> Measuring the drip and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I want to pour over. Yeah. yeah it's like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing
1: beats a pour over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What kind of coffee you it's, like? Uh, kind of I drinks? do like a good pour over, but I can't tell the difference between a pour over and just ha- using the Keurig. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have to convince yourself it's different. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, so I had somebody come over. um We had some guests over, and and I knew that he was a pour over person, so I I had I yanked the pour over out, you know, and I started to do it. He he. Took over. He's like, "Whoa, hold on a minute! What are you doing?" You were turning I, it all wrong. I, uh, yeah, I was like, I'm, "I'm making coffee." He's like, "No, you're not." He says, "You're ruining the coffee." I said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> See, he's a coffee snob. Yeah, he am. said, "You have to, you have to activate." Yeah, you do the, the bloom. The it's Called the bloom. <laughs> <But> yeah, <laughs> I said, "What the heck is this?" So it was like it was like an art form. He was, you it, know, it he, he did it. You know, and he and we just stood there talking. I'm like, "Aren't you going to pour it?" And he's like, "Oh no, no, we're we're letting the 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 beans activate or we're <laughs> bloom. We're letting them bloom." So, man, this guy's a psycho. Get him out of here. <laughs> Give me a Keurig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I had this I had this this woman on my podcast recently, and she has a channel, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and a YouTube channel called Morgan Drinks Coffee. Mm. And she makes short form videos that I absolutely love. They're just incredibly sweet and gentle. And it's all about working in a cafe as a barista. But she Mm. is a competitive barista. So I didn't know this was a thing where they have like these, this world competition for baristas. And she, she won that. Well, she didn't win the world. She came in second. She won the U S competition and then went to Australia. But Oh my God, the coffee is like a huge, huge thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell when I go to a, a good coffee shop and the beans are different. It's not Starbucks beans, which I love yeah. Starbucks. See, that's uh, the thing.
1: Well, see, I, that's why I'm I'm a coffee snob now. I, I'm Starbucks. Yeah. I'm like
0: Starbucks, yeah. Oh, it's too roasted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to taste
0: the grit, Admirable. you know. The... <laughs> so, what's your? You have a preferred brand?
1: No, I'm still working on it. I try different things. Um, I'm really starting to enjoy light roasts more than I thought I would mm-hmm. like light roasts. A little tip, I never knew there is more ca- more caffeine in a light roast than a dark roast.
0: Yeah. Uh, my coffee snob friend uh, informed me. on. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things we're required to tell, to tell you guys. That's too. right. Did you know? <laughs> it's, well, actually. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And what's and then if you break down the caffeine content or the, uh, uh, is there a scale? <laughs> you
1: know, get out your scale. Everything has to be measured. No, seriously, yeah. that's what these coffee people do. They they measure everything. They have all the tools and equipment. You can spend yeah. like you can spend thousands of dollars on just a coffee setup. And of course, now people yeah. are building these coffee bars in their homes. You know, it's like a full right. setup
0: i i think i see your next video <laughs> i know i would if i had if i had a space for that i would definitely make a coffee bar coffee bar for the shop <laughs> oh see there we go I yeah know. I mean, you could make a make a pour over uh you know system yeah there's some there's some really uh interesting um designs for those pour over mm-hmm. uh the, the wood yeah. where you, you stick the thing in there?
1: Yeah, I made one a um, number of years ago on, on my channel. Of course you did. On my channel, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool design, too. And I did the pour over on it. And But that was before I was I was a coffee stob. So I did it, and I didn't appreciate what I had done at the time. And now <laughs> I look back on that, and that was really cool. I should yeah. <laughs> I should revisit that.
0: <laughs> yeah, Well, now you can do a critique of your own work. You can Mm -hmm. use one of your alter egos and do a critique of your your former self. Yeah,
1: man. (laughs) I'm very critical of my older self.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So do you ever go back and watch those old videos?
1: Only if I have to, if I need something for a B-roll, if I need to show something, Mm -hmm. it's usually easy for me just to download my own videos rather than try to find it, you know, in my archive. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, it's, I don't even like to watch the video I just made a week ago, you know, like, Oh God, who is that guy?
0: <laughs> yeah. So cringe. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of weird like that. I'll go back and, and watch it just for me, because I'm still in the learning phase mm-hmm. of, of this whole process on how I can improve. I'm, I'm trying to say, and I'm not going to say the words cause then people will hear it, uh, when I'm. <laughs> when I'm doing the podcast, if I tell you my, my keywords that I hear myself say all the time, um, but well, um, is one of them, but anyways, <laughs> so I'm trying to eliminate those out of my, out of my vocabulary. Yeah. And so I go back and I'll listen to the podcast, you know, once, twice, three times. Oh, I do that this on this on after podcast. I've spent yeah. hours mm-hmm. of editing. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm c- kind of weird like that, but yeah. So same thing with YouTube videos, like, Oh, yeah. I don't like that angle. I should do this angle differently. And well, my my keywords I use that I, I just want to slap myself every
1: time I hear them saying I'm going to just spoil it right here. But he can listen to any of the podcasts as I say <laughs> everything is amazing. I use amazing yeah. way too much. Yeah, and whenever I'm trying to to relate a story, it always starts out with Oh, it's kind of funny because it's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. like, no, it's not funny. It's just a story. I don't know it's why. It's just a saying, story. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny you asked that. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but, well, now it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll see now. And I, I get hyper conscious of these things. I, I really do get yeah. aware of those. And I try to eliminate the ums and ahs. But you know, it's just the way people talk. And, uh, and that's the yeah. fun thing about podcasts really is that it is, you know, that's is more how people really talk.
0: Right, you say yeah, dumb things,
1: and, and that that happens where you know it's not scripted.
0: Right. Do you um do you do any kind of like after shows or anything like that for your um, patrons? No,
1: or? I probably should, but I I don't I don't do any of that. I what the patrons get is a full. I do a video version of it, and mm-hmm. they seem to really like that, which is completely yeah. unedited. Because, and so it's just like, boom, even like the when I fire up the recording and and we're just kind of talking before the actual podcast and I just put it all out there and, and I was posting those on YouTube, but then I thought, yeah, it's just, I was editing them and it was just so much work. And I thought, I'm just going to push the raw footage, boom, right Mm -hmm. there on Patreon. If you guys want to see it, you can watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I'm, st- I'm still building up the, the Patreon community. And so, you know, we've had, had a few people who have been in, um, for now four or five months. And then we've also got some people who just have joined and it's, so now it's like, okay, now I need to figure out, you know, you can't do it for everybody, but can you do it for the majority of, of people? And I'm sure things will, will kind of shift and morph as we go, but we do an after show. Uh, if so if you're willing to hang out for for a few more minutes sure. uh, and, and do the after show portion yeah that would be awesome well um i'll make sure to uh we'll go ahead and end the main episode here and i'll make sure that people go out and um i'll put your your links if if they don't know what google is and can't google steve ramsey <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I'll i'll put all of that in the show notes want to say thank you to we've got uh justin thank you for joining us and and for the patreon uh members that uh watch these on uh while we're doing this live thank you to our rock star patrons jimmy mccanally archiano cereal Wim design calvary customs llc clean cut woodworking bailey thompson dave garcia broken lead woodworks i'm almost done steve <laughs> stark's lagoon sawyer design Tony with Kadama Design, Nick Poole with Dylan Furniture, and Shock the Fox. Thank you for being Rockstar Patrons. Thank you to all of our Patrons. And also thank you to Surf Prep for sponsoring today's episode. We will catch you in the next episode. Steve, thanks for being here.
1: Matt, it was a great time. Thank you.